0: this is not your father's fundraising podcast a podcast about you guessed it nonprofit fundraising this isn't the first podcast about it but definitely not like any others you've listened to this is a podcast for fundraisers by fundraisers no boring charts or the same stale best practices you've heard for years no ideas that only work in theory here no concepts from people who aren't in the same trenches as you are every single day Each week, you'll get practical strategies and tips to craft messages that engage donors and raise more money. This isn't smoke and mirrors. Everything has been pressure tested in the real world. Plus, you can start using them as soon as the episode ends. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Thomas and Steve Thomas. Hello. Welcome
1: to Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. This is episode 19. Don't think your donors. I'm Ryan Thomas, vice <laughs> president I'm, at One ICity. and I'm Steve Thomas. <laughs> we do actually talk about the episode titles beforehand, but this would be a good one to have sprung on you. Yeah, this, in was, advance. this is great.
2: Well, what I'm am totally behind this. Yeah. I I think you just ought to stop it. You just don't stop think
1: it. Stop, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop Bob Newhart. Oh, we, wow, Bob Newhart. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Got the old guy reference. <laughs> We started this podcast because if you're in this work, you know that it doesn't stop. There's no clock in, clock out. There's no end of the week, work week versus uh, weekend. You're thinking about fundraising all the time. And in our cases, talking about it. What a shocker. All the time. And uh, we got kicked out of some barbecues and some uh, you know social events because we were boring. Uh, but that's just because they're not in this work and they're stupid. <laughs> So they don't know what they're talking about. So we realized we already had a podcast. We just weren't recording it. So now we are. And uh, welcome to our Ted talk. And,
2: and, and so far Thanks. the audience is about the same size. Yeah. yeah.
1: Please clap. <laughs> uh, is a boutique ad agency, and we're focused on fundraising and marketing for nonprofits and, uh, any stand-up comedy needs that our, our clients may have. Yeah. We are we could do a tight five just real quick, or maybe or a tight fifty five sometimes. We we haven't could. Actually uh, prove we could do a tight, tight. Five. <laughs> We could do a tight hour five. <laughs> and uh, that our company's been around for more than a decade. Yeah. Our team measures a lot of their time in this industry in multiple decades. I always uh, mix that up, but we got that right. And if you are gonna send us a three and a half, four or five star review, do that on wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you are listening, Stitcher. give us a five star review. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit uh, hit the like and subscribe as the kids say it's kind of down, in, over, there, down so. over here. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta turn my left your left. Yeah. If you have any questions, Send those to podcast at oneicity.com. We'll, we'd also take constructive criticism. Yeah, I think I think so. Heavy it, it on constructive. And we'll be the judge of whether it's constructive yeah, or mean. <laughs> if it ends up in the trash, it was a little more criticism than constructive. And two episodes ago, I think we did the mailbag. Yeah, so yeah. Your questions don't fall on deaf ears or a deaf inbox. But we will protect an, uh, your identity, yep. and,
2: and we don't read email addresses out. If or knows. if your question
1: gave away a lot about yeah. your organization, yeah. we'll pro- we, we'll we'd adjust it. Yeah. Yeah, this is Dragnet. Yeah. Names have been changed. Two old school references from Nick you. at night, you man. A, you got a good education. Nick at night. So impressed. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so we are going to talk about why you shouldn't thank your donors. We're going to get to that. Yeah. Can't wait. But first, we're going to start by talking about something that you and I have seen in the wild. We call it mail call, something we've seen. This is fundraising that we've encountered and want to sometimes critique, sometimes laud, but in general, just take five or 10 minutes and talk about something work-related. Yeah. So you go first. I think I went first last week.
2: All right. Um, So uh, we... This is a, um, a, a piece of direct mail that we received that is... Um, and I'm going to do a first for me. Whoa. Okay. I'm going to connect this with the you should be doing segment.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm. So another way you could tell we don't do this, we don't talk about this live is had I known that you'd have gone second and you would have segued us into that. Well, then
2: just go. No, okay. no. no you, we, it, yeah, go.
1: All right, fine. No, well, no just, it's, it's fine. Uh, so I got an email and I presume that there was also direct mail attached to that but like integrated Yeah I assume computer? I assume it's integrated yeah. but I'm I'm not on their direct mail file different states so they may not be registered all sorts of reasons anyway and it was really interesting and I know we've done and talked about this with clients before but I never I've only seen this really in person a couple times. And it said, Hi, Ryan, We're I'm adjusting for our sloth yeah. In, yeah. in protecting anonymity. We're looking to expand our sloth playground facility in the next 12 months to account for the increase in young sloths who are coming to us. So you've adapted that to... Yeah, there's no yeah. real sloth yeah. Yeah. Okay. thing. Yeah. But it know. won't be cheap. They actually say that? They said it won't. It, it will cost a lot. Okay. But the, okay. There's going to be... It's expensive to do this. Yeah. So we're looking for key leaders to donate gifts of a thousand dollars or more to help create a matching gift fund. Oh, nice. That will then encourage more people to give. Nice. A few episodes back, I should should start keeping a list. We talked about matches, and we talked about using a match. And one of the really effective things about it isn't just that you get that one-to-one match, but that you start getting people who wouldn't normally come into the fold, except, Ooh, that's a real, that I can really have an impact. And if you don't have a match, cause they don't grow on trees, you can just go make a match by going to donors of a certain size and asking them to help you create up. it. Yeah. And by making it not that their ask wasn't, Hey, give us a thousand dollars. It was, Hey, give us a thousand dollars because we're going to use it to create this big fund that is then gonna have a much larger impact than your $1,000 oh, would, anyway. That's such a great idea.
2: So, we've done that with a few clients, and it, it always not only works on the whatever you go out and go forward mm-hmm. with, with the match, but you build great relationships
1: with these donors who have gotten to be a part of something they've never gotten to be a part of before. Yeah. And even if there are some people who, at that point, for whatever reason, couldn't give the $1,000. They're now already pre-positioned oh, yeah. to be interested in your initiative.
2: <laughs> Good. Yeah. And with great. with
1: some clients, we've had people who have who have come back 6 months later and said, "Hey, I can give to that special thing oh, now. Is that is that still oh, open? Oh, can I still God. get in on that?" And when it's just so fun to create something that donors are just excited to come track you down and say, "Hey, will you still take my money?" Hmm. <laughs> the answer is always yes. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. In theory. That's right. That's All perfect. right. So take take us across the bridge. Oh, okay.
2: So um, I'll let you do the segue into the the segment uh, that the you should be doing. Um, so this is a, a piece of direct mail, uh, and they are a pretty active direct mailer. They have a, a, a pretty significant...
1: Um, I was uh, telling you, they're an active emailer, too. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm not on the email list. So one of the things that's interesting is that they're using this is I'm holding a regular standard a number number ten envelope. Uh, they're using a big window, and and that's the the window that not just reveals the address, my address. I'm they're mailing to It goes almost full width. Yeah, it it, it uses all but uh, a thumbs width of uh, the envelope. Yeah, the half inch on the either side and and most vertical, uh, enough for this for the stamp and. Um, uh, they put a message beside this and, and, and so we've got, you know, Stephen, Chris and the address and logo, but over on the, uh, the, the right hand d- side the driver's side, right. Uh, they, they have a message that gives a, it, it's pretty much a, a, a condensed version of what the whole letter is asking for, which is a good strategy. So, um, uh, first, I, I want to say they it all. These pieces always look like this. They just basically follow this format. They look like this. They're this way. Do
1: you mean from this organization? It's from this organization.
2: Yep. Thank you. Um, and, and so, one of these occurred to me. We talked about contrast about an episode or two back, and uh, one of the things that I would have you su- I would suggest is just. Uh, Every other time, every third or fourth time, rather than doing it as you have done it, and I've seen this on multiple direct mail impacts I've received um, uh, in the mail, uh, shift to handwriting, mm-hmm. shift to uh, an arrow. We talked about the how how interesting an arrow, a hand drawn hand drawn arrow will, uh, will will make your eye. It just changes how you see it. Mm-hmm. Over and over again, they have done this mailing with this message over on to the far right of, of our address and it i you know what it is you do it everyone would read it more closely and see it more completely if they shifted one time to handwriting if they should shifted- because what
1: because what you're doing with this is you're reading to make sure it first is your mail yep you're checking your yep. address block yeah and then you kind of look over to the right but not really, because you uh, know what's there. It's It's
2: been exact not exactly. Well, it seems like exactly that message over and over and over mm-hmm. again. So, um, uh, just adjust the the things you do if you've all if you always put handwriting in that upper right block on the letter so that it so that people see it shift it to hand to to away from handwriting into a straight up font if you vol- if you always do it in black uh, do it in a in a color just an adjustment you don't want to keep you don't, you don't want to change every time because people may that may freak people out uh, they may not be able to you know follow you along it, it may violate your branding <laughs> but the rules.
1: reason is you want to break a pattern break a pattern you yeah. want consistency is great but a pattern is bad because yeah. a pattern is predictable if you, if and you our become predictable just you away. become invisible
2: so here is, okay. What's the next segment?
1: So the next segment, um, I'm, I'm, i mean, we've been doing this 19 times, so, uh, you'd think, you'd know, I is, do know. oh, just, okay. Uh, oh, that, that. that was a lob. I thought yeah. that was a legitimate question. Come on, come on. Second segment I got is my notes here, something I you should be doing if you're not already. Yeah. Very actionable fundraising. You can put this into practice right now, or as yeah. soon as the episode is over, not, uh, like the validation that we're talking about, don't thanking your donors, that takes a while to do. Yeah, This doesn't take a while to do, or shouldn't if he's brought his homework correctly. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, so it may take a while. This may not be <laughs> the right thing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so back
2: to this letter I am yeah, talking yeah. about. I saw this letter before it came in the mailbox. Not in a dream. I was, okay. Not in my crystal ball. Uh, are you familiar Ooh. with informed delivery?
1: Oh uh, yeah. Okay, that's not where I was going. Dang it. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: Oh, you didn't get. You didn't get. Okay. So informed delivery is a post office USPS um, uh, service mm-hmm. that you can sign up and and they will email you pictures of the of the theoretical today's delivery. Mm-hmm. And so when this arrived, I had already seen it in an email. So you should be doing. Try this. If if you always do a stealth envelope, and that and by that I mean you don't put a message on your envelope, and there are good reasons to just do that. just your address yeah. block. Yeah, yeah. The good Ford reasons nothing. to do that. Uh, one of the things to consider. So uh, I I wasn't terribly familiar with informed delivery un, until we moved to 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 Texas, and as part of that move, somehow or another Chris decided to sign us up for it. 20 about uh marketing math 22 percent. Uh, no 22 there's 122 million households in the u.s
1: okay okay yeah, that sounds about right
2: right there are 39 million people signed up for informed delivery 39 million households so that works out to about a third yeah of the united states and we'll just extrapolate a third of the people you could be mailing will be seeing your direct mail in an email
1: mm-hmm.
2: from the post office. And, and to be clear, just the envelope—they don't open it and watch. <laughs> yeah, that I—I kind of thought that was what they were going to do at first, and I thought that'd be a, a clever service. So one of the reasons to put a message on the OE is it, it on the outer envelope is it sticks in people's minds. And I begin when I saw this envelope come in on the, in the email, I thought, well, oh. there they are again with yep. that same orange are. yeah. Well, I, which then made me think, oh, I need to talk about that too. So uh, a reason we've never talked about out loud about why to do this is a th- in theory, a third of the people you're mailing will be seeing it in email. Oh. The, hmm. They'll the, be scrolling the, through. The front it. of the outer envelope. And it's worth testing and considering, and you, you can do that now, Putting a a message, we do it a variety of strategies. You you play with that. Well, maybe we'll talk about that at some point. Uh, but but it, it allows for you to begin the number of impressions you need to influence the donor's behavior. It allows you to do that before it ever arrives in a hmm. in a mailbox, which I I just find that immensely
1: cool. Yeah, and if. That's even, that makes it even more important to not become a pattern because that could be very easy for someone to scroll through that and think, okay, none of that. I've got to check the mail today. I can grab it and toss it I, right in the dumpster. I hadn't even thought about it that way, but you're 100% right.
2: If somebody, if somebody says, oh, I know what that's going to say, and they may
1: never even give you a chance. And especially if everything else around it is stuff they don't need, they, they know I can grab mailbox. And in straight into the dumpster. There you go. That's really good. That was pretty good. Yeah. Just connected the dots. Well, and, and you bridge digital and direct mail. You you analoged f- the full package. You did a full package. 360 degrees. Ooh. Mine is telling anything you do, whether it's cultivation, a test, a new thing, an old thing, your regular thing, whatever it is, plan now or plan in advance when you're going to check the results. If it's cultivation, if -hmm. it's your regular fundraising, decide in advance when you're going to check in on how that's going. And people can be pulling those results and those numbers all the time, monthly, weekly or whatever, but you as the fundraiser marketing development shouldn't be looking at it too often, nor never. So don't don't look at it never because if you don't ever look, you won't know if what you're doing, if your general vibe, if your themes aren't working. But if you look at it weekly or daily, you are gonna be just absolutely. You're gonna be hammered nuts. by the swings. <laughs> yeah, we. I I know a client who uh, there's a period of time in the year that looks at their results daily. And not, they don't fortunately for me, they don't contact me and say, um, Tuesday wasn't good. The day before the event did not go like the day before the event last year. And we have a problem. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah. If, and if you plan in advance, this kind of calls back to my thing last week uh, on our last episode about your fundraising should be emotional, not your decisions. Yeah. That's good. Plan now when you're going to check on your results, because then you're doing it with a cool head and you're not checking. And then at a point where, well, now we're just going to make an emotional decision because I, I randomly checked It, it didn't look good. So we're scrapping everything. Yeah. or I- even if you can't scrap everything, you just feel
2: awful that day because the post office or it was the, slow. It, yeah, it, there's well, all sorts of variables, well, and, and unfortunately, you, you get that kind of those swings in digital yep. as well, oh, driven yeah. less by out at external circumstances, but there are
1: just some winds that blow, and you never know. Yep, um, and you 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 need to trust. Your team, your ideas, your strategies—that over, over a fiscal year, over twelve months, your stuff is gonna work. Yeah. And there's a line from, "Remember the Titans," the football movie. Oh yeah. They're making fun of um, Denzel Washington, a coach, his offense, and it's not working well at first. And he says it just—it's just wait. It's like Novocaine. Just give it time. It'll work. <laughs> That's and. He's trusting that over four quarters and over 10 weeks of a season, it's going to work out. This quarter may be bad. This quarter may be great. This whole game may suck. But if you take a whole macro view, it's going to be fine. Yeah. And we, we have a lot of uh, both clients and people in our
2: tribe who are people of faith. And mm-hmm. that adds an element of, of trust. That's another reason not to walk down the hall and ask how many, how many gifts did we get today? just let it play. Out. Mm-hmm. Let it play. No. Yep. Oh, that's great. I, I, I made myself absolutely nuts when I was CEO and nonprofit because I did, I walked on the hall every day to see knock, how, knock, how big the mail tray was. And oh man, that's just a, you can't ride those swings. No, that's no. great. Good for you.
1: You won't survive. Yeah. Good for you. So now we're to hopefully the exciting part where we tell you not to thank your donors and I don't have to say more than that. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> we've, we've talked about it a little bit on this podcast before we've alluded to it and we haven't really unpacked it, uh, in this way. And we're going to kind of look at it as a macro view and then a micro view, similar to what we did with leader voice and oh, make yeah. this into a two parter. But don't think people, because when I ask for a Coke, and you hand me a coke i say thanks yeah. and then we're done yeah but that's not really the extent of what we want a donor organization relationship to be and nobody gives another gift because you said thank you no not at all people give again because they feel good and they know that what they did mattered and that happens when they feel validated yeah. which is part of which them. is both simple <laughs> and complicated <laughs> It's like the karate kid. I mean, this this is both wax is that, on it, it, and yeah, wax off. It is literally that simple, but it is also literally that complicated. Yeah. Well, and and, and let's let's just uh, zoom
2: out a bit in the macro view uh, <laughs> uh, uh and say uh, this is not about cultivating a donor for their gift. This is not about finding a new donor. This is about maintaining a donor relationship. And a donor relationship is that is what you ought to always be going for. Um, we talk a lot, and I'm, I'm glad we do, because we're, we're, we are results-driven. As we, mm-hmm. we talk about income, we talk about revenue, we talk about things that work. One of the things that underpins that, that I'm glad we're talking about, is that donor relationships are what make all of those work long-term. Back to your, don't mm-hmm. check the, your results every day. Uh, donor relationships and making these things happen over time is built on uh, donors learning who you are as an organization, learning who, who you are as a leader, the asker, being in that process, and you find the way to make the message work that,
1: that way. Because if I want to make, if I decide, okay, um, I've got to make this October appeal, go gangba. I've just got, I've got to uh, just turn that dial uh, up. Yeah going out of business sale <laughs> well or
2: or i've got a puppy and it's gonna die yeah. tomorrow I, yeah
1: i can i can manipulate yeah. and make that month that appeal that email i can make that raise a lot of money that up, moment that time yeah but i can't do that uh, as you said over 12 months without a relationship well and we talk about all of the what we
2: considered the the uh, excesses of of the star no, starving children, starving puppies, you know all of those kind of things that lead people almost to n- not want to not want to look at your material mm-hmm. or to hear from you because i don 't who needs it, that pain it 's too much of a bug exactly exactly. something else to think about is donor retention. Uh, one of the reasons um, uh, donors don 't continue to give to an organization is because they have been thanked. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone thinks. Thank you. You always talk about table stakes, the basics, yep. the minimum. Everyone says thank you. But but
1: let's talk about retention. Yeah. Because let's re retention is people who gave in 2020. Right. What percentage of those donors are going to stay donors are going to give you a gift in 2021? Yeah. So a lot of our clients, maybe a lot of you, had a great year in twenty twenty set all time highs in gift count, income, yeah. all that yeah. stuff. How many of those people are going to stay with you this year? Exactly. And that percentage is retention. Exactly. And
2: then the other, the other thing to consider is how many people were new donors and many, mm-hmm. as you say, many people, uh, many organizations added lots of new donors.
1: Well, how do you get them to give a second gift? Cause we say you're not a donor. Until you give it two gifts. Yeah. Because I can put my foot in the water with a lot of people, but if I if you get my money twice, yeah. it's not a mistake. It was on purpose. Yeah, exactly. I really like you. So anyway, the this 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 moving past thank you
2: is the idea of saying and we talk about it as validation primarily. Mm-hmm. I like saying feedback as well. Mm-hmm. Um so let's let's just kind of lay it out. So thank you is is the acknowledgement. Yeah, you get a gift. Thanks. Good. It's quick. Good job. Uh, that's a quick piece. But this this idea of validation is, um, y- y- and I, I clearly don't have a great way of phrasing this. I don't have something. Just don't have the pithy language that. It's a good thing we're, we're not someday. doing this on a
1: podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're we're
2: doing this of, We're doing this in front of friends. <laughs> so. So moving past the 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 thank you, what what did you talk to the donor about? What did the donor in their minds what do they give to? And Mm -hmm. and that's your place, your angle. So I I do have I do have three R's, okay? So report, Okay. okay, results, and remind. Okay. Okay. So you want to to report to the donor Yes, your gift of a hundred dollars for the sloth playground um, was received, and and we are putting it to work right now. Mm-hmm. And, and and bang, there there. Thank it goes. you so much. Yeah, and 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 then maybe results would be, you know, after the playground got built, we ended up with about you know there were fifty sloths, little little sloth guys fighting to get in there or, or whatever your whatever your. Here's a picture. Was. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and then you remind the donor of why, why did they give? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, many times when someone is first kind of wrapping their heads around this, they they, uh, it, it's really powerful to be able to talk to them about. Okay, here's what you need to do: is you need to think about what did what was your actual appeal? What what did you talk to them? What was the ask? How what consequences? were the the was the donor go, uh, trying to mitigate what and were they you, And you're talking to about when they gave. Yeah, when they yep. gave. Then you say what what can I tell the donor about that that their gift made the difference? Cuz you've got that
1: intelligence, literal <laughs> intel, not, not brain intelligence. <laughs> well, no. I mean, not. I don't know, one <laughs> of the two. To know okay, they gave. You know, everybody's databases are different, but in some way you can tell when their gift Came in and about what fundraising hit, if not exactly what fundraising hit. And off of that, you can tell what you were talking to them about, which it, is half the battle exactly. and coming back to them. Exactly. And
2: let's uh, then to, to, to remind ourselves, competitive landscape for messaging and marketing, competitive fundraising landscape, it seemed like everybody ha- is, is fundraising. Um, If you want to stand out, uh, you you can't do the minimums. You can't do table stakes. And so the the organizations that I have seen that have gotten their arms around this, they are as focused on how they are validating the donor's giving decision and the feedback as they are on the ask.
1: And Hmm. that's a big change. Which you should be. I mean, obviously, or else we wouldn't be doing this episode, but <laughs> trying to make the case <laughs> we've talked before about the warm feeling, the warm glow psychologically we get when we do something good right. and it happens when we give a gift, when a donor gives a gift, they feel good doing it. When you validate them, you're extrapolating that feeling that they had in that minute that they're writing their check where they're going through your giving form, they're mailing it. And you're having it, you're repeating it a few times in a year yeah. so that they continue to feel just about when when you're, they're forgetting about you, maybe you bring it back up and like, oh, I love them. Yeah. Yeah. The, the work they're
2: doing. is That's so great. Yeah, exactly. And, and we'll talk uh, next time about, about the tactics the and, how. and how, how we do this. Uh, so let's just say one of the things that is tempting is to throw out a bunch of numbers
1: and mm-hmm. and to talk about nothing know, gets my heart going like numbers yeah it's like
2: oh wow we met our budget we've the thermometer filled yep. up we <laughs> ended <laughs> the year
1: on firm <laughs> financial <laughs> ground
2: <laughs> yeah, episode back anyway so uh resist that urge if if and sometimes in, in bigger organizations, you know, you, you have to deal with some money people and some numbers people and so they just say, No, you have to tell how many more sloths, meals, hmm. ch- you, have, you gotta give us that count. Fine. Give that count and then zoom in on a on an individual, zoom in on a situation, get into the 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 as low a denominator as you can manage hmm. in this and We've talked about packing emotion into messaging. This is a place to pack emotion. This is another place to go at it. Um,
1: And every time you mention this, because again, we'll talk about the how next week, but just know that this isn't something that uh, you decide, oh, okay, we should probably do something where we validate. You wouldn't say, oh, you know, we should probably write an appeal this month. Yeah. And it's part of the planning process. Yeah. You should plan and treat this validation just as importantly and valued to you as a team, as you would your asks and your thank you and receiving. Yeah. And there can
2: be layers and Mm -hmm. levels to this so that you, you have sort of mass general kinds of feedback and
1: validation and very specific feedback and validation. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, Lots of ways to mix it up and again, you know, we'll get to the how next week, but there are ways to do it where it's not as hard as it sounds, but it seems to a donor like you spent so much time on this, but it really was just part of the plan and part of the day that you did it. And if,
2: if it is, if it, if it is done well, it is part of the exchange you're really trying to do when you say thank you. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's not that we hate those words. No, not at all. It's it, just those words are not enough.
1: And mm-hmm. those words are social uh, construction. Think Maybe. about how many times you say thank you in it at, when you're out in public. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, and, and I've heard people equate it to writing thank you notes, and I play with that in the book a little bit. Uh, the key is that, that thank you is not the appropriate response for someone who gives a gift um, to a nonprofit that is trying to change the world. Hmm. It's just not. What is the appropriate response is, you can use those words, thank you, your gift did this. Hmm. You can feel confident that your gift was the right thing to do because of this.
1: This happened because of your gift. You should sleep better tonight because someone got to sleep in know, a bed tonight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because of your game. Exactly.
2: And sometimes, uh, well, I, I was gonna I was gonna talk about some some specific tactics,
1: but that's for for on the next week's card. So, but it's, and I think it's it's important to say that it is likely that if not everyone on your team listens to this podcast, which or they which they should, if not, yeah. I mean, either fire them or give them the <laughs> RSS feed. You could run into some pushback because doing this isn't free. There's not a way to do this without doing something extra. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't all have to be big money extra. No. Right. But you're gonna have somebody who says, uh, we're already sending way too much mail. Yeah. We're already we sending do, way too much email. email. We can't do yeah. any other touches yeah. at all. Yeah. Unless you can put ROI on that.
2: Yeah. And And here's yeah. what I here's here's a way I can put some ROI on it is the clients that we serve that do this validation well and all of our clients are doing it uh, at some level yeah. In, 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 in their way, mm-hmm. without, yeah. without question, have far higher than national averages on retention and mm-hmm. far higher than national averages on uh, second gifts from first-time donors. Mm-hmm. That, that's just a fact, and much like other things, when everybody is doing that, and everybody's results are different, this is one of the things that's going on, hmm. and one of the things that makes it work. And so, it is well
1: worth the consideration of putting that together. Yeah, it's not easy. Takes time, but we're, we nobody's leaned in and done it and said, "Okay, that sucked. We're not gonna do that again." Yeah. Well, and and here's one of the things to think about is.
2: Uh, we say to, don't say thank you just to you know kind of alarm it's you. Click, it it's gets, kind of clickbait. Click bait, hey, so we got to kind of, get you to um, open this yeah, envelope. Come on, open this envelope. Uh, but but yes, say thank you. Say those two words all you want. But if those are the only two words you say, or the only two words you're put you're putting your focus on, or once you say you know we said thank you, that's enough. Uh, that's not enough. Now and then next week we'll talk about all the places you can you can do this that do nothing but accelerate your fundraising. So hmm. the takeaway for, for this segment is consider how you can, you can validate and feedback to your donors because it, it will require a little bit of thought. But here's the cool thing. It's an, it's
1: an easy connector if you're doing good work. Yeah, if you are doing good work, which 90% of people out there are, Anybody it, listening to this is yeah, good, doing good work. work. It, it's not a struggle to do it. It just is thinking around a different corner than you're used to. So in the next seven days, think about some ways you might validate some language. And then when we meet next week on our, our next bat channel, we will, that's three. That's, yeah, that's three in a row. It's a trifecta. Yeah, that's good. We'll talk about how, and then that, that hopefully that's going to be something that people have questions and uh, hit us in the mailbag for.
2: I love that you use mailbag rather than inbox.
1: Yeah, it just, I don't know. It has a, I think it's a radio oh, yeah. carryover. I can imagine a you know, Pony Express. Yeah, it's a big it. lump of mail. We should do that uh, since we're doing video. Just get just print them out and pull them out. <laughs> uh, and then... Maybe the next one we do, we'll we'll just do blind. Okay. They will be sealed and nobody knows. That would be great. So On Your Radar is our next segment. And it's genesis, it's birth, it's start was with you and me passing things back and forth. Uh, We both like to read interesting things. And our Venn diagram overlaps, but not so much that we see the exact same things. And so we would you know, send something. Hey, you got to read this. You got to Check this out. This ought to be on your radar. And we just, sometimes it's fundraising related. Sometimes it's not, but if you're sitting at our table, we want to let you know about this cool article. If you haven't read it in Rolling Stone <laughs> or whatever it is. Whatever. So mine's really good. So I'm going to go second. Oh, okay. that's just, you, you that's yourself. just how I roll. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to call
2: my shot. That's good. Um, okay. So mine, I, I mentioned, uh, the, uh, the author, um, I don't have all to describe him but he's a he's an author uh, James Clear, uh, jamesclear.com. Uh doesn't use letter I, I appreciate what he writes. He says something that uh, I just I, I took to heart and I want to will share is it, it's impossible to get better and look good at the same time. It's a quote oh, from a, an author and a writing teacher Julia Cameron. Impossible to get better and look good at the same time. And one of the things that I, I wanted to, to, to do two things. One is to say, you know, one of the things that you and I are doing here on this podcast and the video is, you know, we're trying to figure this out and doing it sort of in front of people in theory. Yeah, there's no net. There's no net whatsoever. And you, you've you've led us to the place of committing that we're going to bang one of these out every week, ready or not. Yep. And we're not... Clearly, not hiring um, uh, editors, video professionals, interns. you know, all this stuff, because we want to be on the inside and understand how this works and what works and how mm-hmm. it goes. Uh, and so, one of the things I, I, I first to say, you know, in theory, we're going to get better over time, but m- maybe not, but we're going to keep trying to do this well because we're intrigued by. Um, creating content and intrigued mm-hmm. by the way you can influence people in a variety of different ways and have conversations and relationships with people you, you wouldn't have expected. Yeah. So then for, for whoever, whoever is encountering this in you know, podcast land or YouTube land or video land, is if you always want to stay safe, and you always want to do something you're good at, you're going to have a very limited playing field. And the way to grow your career, the way to grow your organization, the way to grow generally is take a risk. And anybody who is afraid of taking a risk or not looking perfect, I mean... Um, one of the things that is brutal is watching video, because I got to tell you, no matter how hard I write myself a note to stand still, I still am moving around constantly. And it's like you're on a basketball. It's like, you know, I stand still, Thomas, come on, you can do that. No, I can't apparently. Um, and, and all the things that we want to be better at in execution will come from doing.
1: Yeah. It- and, and so, if, you're, out if you're a
2: fundraiser, if you're a major gifts person, if you're a nonprofit executive, you can't play it safe. You have to step out, mm-hmm. and you have to be willing to just not look perfect. And you know, we're modeling not looking perfect. Yeah, so <laughs> we got that. We got that covered, right? <laughs> it is impossible to get better and look good at the same time. Write that on a post-it note. Put it on your mirror. Put it on your phone where you see it every time you open your phone. Whatever you can do to remind yourself it's worth the risk, not because you want to look
1: bad, but because you want to be better at what you do. James Clear. Put it on a calendar reminder. Yeah. So that's the title and have it show up (laughs) mid-November. Yeah. Because mid-November, as long as it's a weekday, you're going to need to remember that. (laughs) Mine is about... The guy who invented flaming hot Cheetos, the spicy, finger ruining, orange snack. fingery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You didn't bring any. Did uh, you? No, I I couldn't handle them. You sort of have a. I, I don't like my fingers getting messy, but heat, I don't mind the heat. I mean, I'm, I'm from the South, but the flaming hot line is too much. It's just like napalm. But. This guy started as a janitor, and the CEO. This is back in the I don't know, 70s at uh, at Frito Lay, and he was working as a janitor. And he had a really good work ethic. And his grandfather told him, "You make sure they know a Mendoza swept that floor today because it was it, it, it's nobody swept, swept the floor better. No, nobody right. done that. Nice and." They got a new CEO and he was spreading the word. His theme was everyone owns this company. Everyone is CEO of Frito-Lay. If you have an idea, I don't care what your day job is. You work that idea up the chain. He took that to heart and he came up with, he realized there wasn't a snack that emulated the spice and blend that he grew up with. Um, and his, you know, his people were making in his neighborhood on their own. They were blending mm-hmm. their own spices and oh. shaking stuff up. And, oh, nice. And he knew people from Mexico that were his friends that had that. And so he's like, there's a, there's, there's a big market there's here. A, a, an there's niche. We there's a lot of people. Into, yeah. And so he, he thought of the idea. He kind of blended some stuff. He called and talked to the CEO's secretary, scheduled a meeting. He came and presented to this big board and they loved it. And he rose up through the ranks, and then you've heard of Flamin' Hot Cheetos. They've got Flamin' Hot it's everywhere. Everything in Frito Lay has a Flaming Hot something brand. <laughs> it's an amazing story. Yeah. Except it's not true. <laughs> so there's a. It's not. It's not true. And I'm basing this because uh, we're not lawyers, and we'd really rather not pay for one. Oh. I'm no. I'm basing this off an LA Times article. There you go. So. They say they did extensive research. Uh, Google LA if, Times. If you're, you're, playing suing, the Hot Cheetos, if you're suing anybody, sue su- su- yeah, yeah, sue the LA Times. Yeah. But he's got a book coming out. He's been doing speaking roles. Telling this story. Telling the story. There's a movie coming out based oh. on his, his book, his story. But it's not true. Oh. Which is sad. We've all seen people take credit for something that they didn't do or they weren't a part of. But... What's different about this, or is I guess the biggest learning from this, and then also does apply to fundraising, is mm-hmm. that his story, his real story was good. Oh. So he, he really was working towards the bottom. He was a machinist. Okay. In his story, I think it's he not quit not quite school. as good for his purposes no. as a janitor. Okay. I think but, in his yeah. story, he quit school at seventh grade, and in real life, it was like ninth grade. It so still really matter. young, he's leaving yeah. school. Yeah. He's a machinist. He, he worked his way up. So okay. he still ended up in a corner office. He was a um, a VP in their vast marketing department. So that's extremely impressive. Just going from machinist to yeah. vice president of marketing Oh yeah. at Frito-Lay. Yeah, no small thing. He then still did launch a brand. Okay. And a flavor. Uh, it was called Sabrositas, which... I not think quite I've as catchy of, as Flaming... I yeah. think I've heard of, I think I've seen, it's not Flaming Hot Cheetos, but he did launch a brand that made it into, I think there were Dorito, there were a few lines that carried his flavoring. So he did a lot of his story. Yeah. And the lesson here is that your story, your, whatever story you're telling this month in this appeal or in this email or to a donor your story is good enough. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And you don't need to embellish. <laughs> there are times when you have to clean up a timeline yeah. and a donor doesn't need to know every single detail, but your story in and of itself is enough. Yeah. And if you tell about the work you're doing and the difference that donors making, it doesn't matter that it wasn't flaming Hot Cheetos and it was Sabresitas, The impact is still there. Yeah. Uh, I, it's uh, it, it's, ama- it's amazing. I just, it's like a train wreck. I can't not look away, (laughs) but at the same time, I'm, I'm ready for this movie to come out. I'm going to buy that book. And, 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 you
2: know, uh, um, many people in fundraising have been wanting to tell a story of their work and, and tell it with, with power and emotion and what they had wasn't all they wanted it to Mm -hmm. be. And maybe, hopefully, you didn't. But uh, I know people. Tempting, yeah. People get tempted by the just add a little, you know, put a little flaming hot emotion. Yeah, yeah. Let's just sprinkle (laughs) some flaming hot on there. So yeah, I uh, that's oh, that's that's just painful. Uh,
1: Cautionary tale. Yeah, it's a cautionary tale. Oh, that's great. But your work, your story, whatever your story is, is good enough. Yeah. Don't embellish. There you go. I like that. Well, this was episode nineteen. Of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. Uh, on our next episode, episode 20, hmm. which XX. I XX. Mean, the Roman numerals get really interesting from here on out. We're going to talk about why a box uh, full of Nerf guns is the perfect donor validation gift. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. tune in for that.
2: Don't miss that.
1: Don't miss that. Send in your questions, your comments, your ideas, segment ideas, anything to podcast at oneicity.com and give us those three and a half, four, five star reviews or a six or a six. If you can find a way to do a six, give it rate us twice, two fives would be great. Just let us know. I'm Ryan Thomas. I'm Steve Thomas. Thanks for listening. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. Tune back in next week for another fresh episode of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast.